I first heard about Duke when a neighbour enthused about a local soap-making course she'd been on. My first thought was, what a great episode that would make in the run-up to Christmas. Something founder Helen Atherton was initially happy to do until the reality of just how busy her small team of three actually were, that struck home. Helen originally started to make soap at home as a hobby, but she quickly made more than enough for herself, plus family and friends, and began to think about whether she could sell some of it. But that turned out to be a bit more complicated, as we'll hear. So what persuaded her to take that first step? In the winter of 2018, I signed myself up to a couple of Christmas markets. In doing so, forced myself into having to really focus on that. And it was absolutely a relatively steep learning curve. You have to hire a chemist who looks over all of your recipes, and then you have to make sure that you get the labelling absolutely spot on. You're making sure that you've got any allergies or anything like that listed. And you then actually have to put all of your products on a poisons database so that if anybody accidentally eats any of your product and goes to a doctor with it, they can look it up on a national and actually international poisons database and see exactly what's in it so they can be treated appropriately. But I hope nobody's ever done that. Where did the name Duke come from? Well, I suppose when we were thinking, so we, when I say we, it's sort of me and my family, when I had a nice evening with my brother and his wife, actually, and we were thinking about a, a name that would have an association with Portobello and with the sea. And actually, back then, in 2018, people weren't swimming as much, quite as much as they are now, you know, post-pandemic. It's much more popular. But back then, the word Duke actually wasn't used all that much. Apart from a New Year's Day, when there was a Looney Duke, and there has been for a number of years now. Indeed, Looney Duke, for sure. But other than that, it wasn't... I don't know. I use it quite commonly now. Day-to-day meaning, you know, to have a dip in the sea. So our soaps are particular because they are salt soap. So the idea was that, well, if you lather up with this salty soap, you're actually creating a kind of sea-like experience without any of the cold toes or other side effects of going in the Firth or Forth. So I like the idea. It's a nice nice word as well, four letters, very direct. It kind of looks nice in different types of typography and it's memorable. And um, yeah, it served me really well, the word. It has a really lovely and clear link to the location too. So you're sort of... Yeah, you have that direct link to the sea and to Scotland, as it's a Scots word too. So, yeah. yeah, she started selling locally. She still does. But then found there was a much wider market out there, even in the current economic climate. But for a time, towards the back end of last year, she wondered how that climate would affect her busiest season, Christmas. Well, we were surprisingly busy in the run-up before Christmas, actually. And it's been really lovely how many people have come from further in Portobello, but also further across Edinburgh to come and see our shop. We have quite a good following on Instagram and people do seem, and Facebook too, and people do seem to kind of make the trip. And in the run-up to Christmas, it was wonderful. We were really busy, but it was busier than I anticipated it would be with the recession and everything. It felt like, oh, I don't know, will anybody come? But actually, we were very busy every day in the run-up to Christmas. Yes, I had originally hoped to do this interview before Christmas. That's right, I was too busy. Yes. (laughs) But that's a good thing. It was a good thing, yeah. And then the other thing that was keeping us very busy, and actually what is most of our business throughout the rest of the year, is wholesale. So we sell our soaps to other small businesses, usually, across the UK and more and more across the world. We've got over 100 stockists now, all through the UK, most of whom are small independent shops, a bit like our shop too. 
and then we also have some bigger businesses we've actually got a really big contract with a heritage department store i think they call themselves in switzerland called globus they're really lovely and they've been very kind and given us lots of time sent us huge contracts but they've talked us through them all and yeah been really really good and now we have increasingly an increasing number of stockists over in the states as well which has been really great Sadly, we had lots of European stockists before Brexit. Yeah, sadly, they have all fallen by the wayside. The cost of adapting our compliance with EU law was great, but actually the practical reality of exporting to the EU now is just, it's just so painful. I've had several packages sent back because the paperwork that we are required to have seems to change every day and it changes by different European state. It was a very frustrating summer. I had several large orders going out to Germany, Spain and Italy, all of which ultimately came back to the UK after about two months of sitting in holding patterns in different couriers' warehouses. In contrast, you can export to the States without any problem at all. And oh, it's awful. But, you know, transatlantic trade, you can get something to the West Coast of America within two or three days. When you walk into her shop, you can almost be overwhelmed by the scent, especially when the soaps are being made. And if you ever wondered how soap is made, well, it's a complicated business in more senses than one. Soap is a combination of fatty acids, so oils, combined with something which is very alkali. So in my case, I use sodium hydroxide or caustic soda. So what you have to do is you have to get together a combination of different oils. Each oil will give a different property to the final product. So if you want a very bubbly soap, you could use coconut oil. If you want a very nourishing soap, but maybe a little bit soft, you can use olive oil and so on. There's all sorts of beautiful oils out there. You can even use animal fats if that's what you'd like to do. And that's, I guess, what the original soaps were. They would be tallow-based. In our case, we use shea butter and coconut oil. And you combine those two things together and you mix them with a combination of sodium hydroxide or caustic soda and water. It's really caustic, it's really, really alkali, it's quite dangerous, so you have to have all sorts of health and safety considerations, wearing protective gear and all sorts when you're making it. Really important to cover your eyes and wearing um, gloves as well when we're, when we're using it. I'm presuming you, at that point you start thinking about the perfumes you're going to be adding in order to create the final product, is that...? As part of compliance, you have to follow very strict processes and methods and also recipes to make sure that everything that you produce is consistent as possible so yes you combine into your melted coconut and shea oils or coconut oils or olive oils or whatever you want to use you put into that a fragrance now you can use synthetic fragrance oils but we choose to use essential oils and we have six different fragranced soaps all of which have different combinations of fragrances from minty smells to citrusy smells when you're making soap you have your oils your scented oils and your base oils they're called add into that this very caustic lye and then you start to combine it together and as soon as it starts to combine together those two ingredients start to go through a chemical reaction and the end product of which is soap and glycerin. Actually one thing I've missed which is quite crucial to our process is salt. We add salt into our soaps as well and that makes them really hard, really long lasting. And it also, I think, does something, I'm not sure exactly what it does chemically, but it does something to the sense where it keeps them fresher. They last longer and there's never this kind of waxy, soapy scent in our soaps. You just smell the beautiful essential oils. And you can learn to make soaps for yourself by going on one of Helen's courses. 
just don't expect to get a place on one anytime soon as they're booked up until after Easter. We have six people in here in addition to me and yeah they sell like hotcakes I mean it's it's really lovely people do seem to be very enthusiastic about I don't know finding out a new skill or people gifting other people experiences a lot of the workshop places even the ones in late April are actually Christmas presents so yeah it's really lovely when people come and we spend an afternoon together and I talk people sort of base principles how to make soap and then we work together and we make a large loaf of soap in a kind of traditional cold processed soap style and then you also get to make your own duke soap salty soaps fragranced to your preference using a huge range of essential oils that we have here. And I know from the experience of a friend just how wonderful they actually found the experience. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I find it very enjoyable and people who come also seem to have a positive experience. I used to work as a primary school teacher and the contrast of having six very willing and excited participants in contrast to 30 exhausted and tired and maybe a little bit fed up children it's quite a contrast but it's really nice to have that opportunity to use my teaching skills and to and to share my experience of making soap which I find maybe it's a bit sad but I I really enjoy the combination of both the science and the art side of it and again like I said before I really like the process of making something which is not only beautiful but really useful as well I will be putting on new dates for courses in the summer in a few weeks so in the last four plus years Helen has seen her business grow from a hobby to one which exports internationally. So how does she see the future developing? So our soap making is very artisanal. We have to make it by hand. The the type of soap that we make and the way in which we make it can't really be scaled in a kind of Dragon's Den-esque style. We can't really outsource the making of that. So I think that will always be an element where we'll have artisanal craft as a heart of our business. But we are looking to do other things and we've previously worked with other companies and done different sorts of collaborations and things. So I find that part really interesting and really stimulating. So Yes, when I was looking at the website, there's an offering for candles, for example. Yes, exactly. So the candles was something that we developed just before Christmas in collaboration with an Aberdeen-based business called Our Lovely Goods. They're candle makers and they have expertise in that area and they white label the candles for us. We sent them some soaps and said, I'd really love it if you could recreate that as a candle. And they said, you know, no problem. And after a period of kind of, you know, research and development, we came up with a particular scent combination and... And then actually we collaborated again with my colleague who works here three days a week making soap, Yana. Yana Middleton, she's a local artist based in Portobello. And she designed a sleeve for the candle box, which can be removed and used as a little greetings card. It feels a very friendly environment, this kind of independent retailer environment. It's much less dog-eat-dog than I would expect business to be, never having worked in business before doing this venture. Duke soaps are at the luxury end of the market and are priced accordingly. But those who've bought them tell me they're worth every penny. You can find the shop at the eastern end of Joppa Road, just round the corner from Morton Street. And that's it for another week. Next week, well, all I can say is that I hope the crew from Atlantic Body and Soul will be back home. They finished their long journey across the Atlantic last night. We'll see. In the meantime, please get in touch if you have an idea that might make an episode by reaching out on social media or by email to the 40 podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>